Hey there, and welcome to the Fantasy Fantasia podcast, a podcast where a bunch of theater nerds gather around and play various tabletop role-playing games, such as Dungeons and Dragons, Monster Hearts, Monster of the Week, Call of Cthulhu, and more. This podcast was only made possible by the Arts, Culture, and Heritage Fund in Windsor, Ontario, so big thanks to them. My name is Avery Malosh, and I will be your Dungeon Master for tonight's episode of Dungeons & Dragons Legend of the Silver Flame. Before we get started, let's talk about Dungeons & Dragons, D&D for short. We want to give our listeners some basic knowledge of the mechanics so that while you're listening, you can follow along with some terminology, combat, and how the outcomes of roleplay are determined. Dungeons & Dragons is run on the D20 system. So what that means is when a player needs to make an attack in combat, when they need to determine the outcome of a musical performance, or even if they are trying to persuade a merchant to sell their wares for cheaper, they will have to roll a 20-sided die called a d20. This number, plus any relevant stat modifiers, which I'm going to get to in a bit, determines how well they perform the action. So, the higher the number they roll, the more likely they are to succeed. As the Dungeon Master, I set a DC number, which stands for Difficulty Class, and that number is the number I feel they need to roll above in order to succeed. So, the higher the DC I set, the more difficult I believe the task is. Now, when it comes to combat, each monster or villain they face has a set number that is their AC, which stands for Armor Class. So. In order to land an attack on an enemy, they need to roll equal to or more than the AC of that villain. Besides the d20 die, there are other dice that are, for the most part, only used in combat scenarios to determine damage dealt, such as the d6 or six-sided die, then we also have a d4, d8, d10, and d12. Now, earlier I mentioned the term stat modifiers, so let's jump into what that means. Each character has six abilities that universally cover any situation that they need to roll a d20 for. They are Dexterity, Strength, Constitution, Wisdom, Intelligence, and Charisma. Before we started playing, every character rolled some dice to determine the score of each of these abilities. These scores, after applying a small bit of math, translate into numbers called modifiers. And these modifiers are the numbers that you can add to your d20 roll. So what this basically means is, characters will have a better chance of succeeding at the things they are good at. For example, an unruly dwarf comes up to your group and demands an arm wrestle. The barbarian, having the highest strength score, stands up and agrees, since he knows he is the strongest one in the group. Or let's say you're a rogue who is trying to pickpocket a noble. You could add your dexterity modifier to your sleight of hand check. On our character sheets, we even have a list of specific skills relative to each ability score that a character could be even better in and have an even higher modifier for, so down the line it'll seem impossible for some characters to fail certain tasks. That is, unless they roll a critical fail. The last thing I want to touch upon are the terms critical success and critical fail. You may hear our players cheer for each other as they roll a critical success, 
or perhaps hear gasps in shock at a critical fail. A critical success, or a crit for short, is when you roll a 20 on your d20, the highest number you can roll. In combat, what that means is you hit the person so well that you deal double the normal damage. Or, in role-playing situations, it may mean that the person automatically successes with flourish. They, they succeed and then some. Now, that may not always be the case, however, if they're trying to perform a relatively impossible task or something super difficult like trying to jump to the moon or shooting the orc in the eye from a kilometer away with your longbow, something crazy like that. Now, on the other side of that, we have a critical fail when a player rolls a 1. That means that they automatically fail the task they are trying to perform, regardless of how high your modifiers are, and often with worse consequences than they bargained for. Now that we have that bit settled, let's finally introduce the heroes of our very first D&D campaign. My name's Eric Brangett, and I will be playing Velvet Smoothcord. And Velvet Smoothcords, well, he is a legendary gnome entertainer. He used to be a part of the dynamic duo performer called Gnome and Bones. Now he's taking a solo career and, well, he's ready to make just as big of an impact as he did 20 years ago. <laughs> Hi, I'm Stephanie Craig and I'm playing Bree Underbow, a ghostwise halfling cleric who is venturing out into the world for the first time, searching for someone very important to her. My name is Carla Jemmy, and I play Lena Everlay, a human barbarian who has spent the last four years since she left home following the guidance and training of a dark voice in her head that only she can hear. Hello, my name is Kim Bab, and I will be playing Sai Argotha, who is a 62-year-old human wizard. He has spent most of his life in his hometown on another continent, and now he has come to this beautiful, magical continent of Lendia to discover new adventures. Hello, my name is Matt Dunn, and I play the role as Giriad the Outcast. I am a dwarf who hails from the city under caves of Idlechester, as most dwarves do. Now, branded an outcast, I'm stripped from my home, belongings, and family name to never return and survive the wildlands of Valendia with my instincts, my father's bow, and my raven mimic. And without further ado, we here at Tall Tale Theatre Collective bring you Dungeons & Dragons Legend of the Silver Flame. <laughs> 